Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. If you want to check out any of our recent reviews and recent ships, just go back a couple episodes. We were on Norwegian Escape earlier. We were on Anthem of the Seas, and we did a trip to Martinique. So uh, all those are in the wings for you. Be sure to check out Cruise Radio News. It's our daily quick hits of the news. It's a podcast just like this. Uh, You can find it uh, at the show notes in cruiseradio.net. And uh, hook up with us on our Facebook group to find out what's going on, some cruise news you can use. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook. We always like to get your cruise reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Like Howard did, him and his wife just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. But not just a seven-night Western cruise. They stayed in Royal Caribbean's Crown Loft aboard the ship. So excited to hear all about this because this is like the top-tier accommodation. So first off, Howard, welcome to the show tonight, my friend. Well, thank you, Doug. Uh uh, happy to uh, chat with you again. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we actually get to Oasis and the loft and all the good stuff, uh, let's take a step back and give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Uh, what made you want to sail Oasis of the Seas? Well, we had been on Oasis about three, four years ago, okay. and these ships are so so large, it's, it's hard to do everything, and uh, we enjoyed ourselves so much, and believe it or not, my wife had us booked on the Anthem coming over from Southampton to Bayonne. And I'm glad she did because the weather was terrible that week, and we had absolutely great weather on the Oasis. Oh, wow. So you were originally booked on Anthem, then did a little last-minute switch there. Yeah, um, I guess my wife had a premonition about something and said, I don't like that cruise, and the price point was affordable. They were trying to move the Crown Loft, and since we had walked by one several years ago when we were Mm. on the ship, I said, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Let's book it next time. Why not, right? Yeah, why not? You only live once. <laughs> very, very cool. So you make your way down from the New England area down to Lauderdale. How was embarkation for you there at Terminal 18? It was easy as usual. I mean, they've got so many lines. You, you go through the security and you pick up your tickets. And we were about on the ship in about uh, 15 minutes from once we walked in to security through the pre-check-in and right on the ship. Nice. So they they have a ton of different portals there and check-in booths, so things go really fast at Terminal 18. Now, since you were staying uh, in one of the lofts, uh, did you have, like, priority access? They had it, but whether it was that or we could have gone on the Diamond Plus line, Mm -hmm. uh, it it still took just a few minutes. Um, They they had fewer lines, but five minutes wasn't wasn't that bad at all. Yeah, very nice. Uh, So I know you've been on the ship before. What were your impressions walking on the ship this go-around? Well, it was very crowded. The ship was clean. And what we discovered is everyone just congregated before 1 o'clock on Deck 4. Nobody wanted to venture off to other venues for lunch because they, they wouldn't open the rooms till 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Very crowded. And then also I noticed that the elevator seemed to be slower than what I'm used to or what we're used to on other cruises. Just an impression. We were on it for a week, and we've been on a lot of ships, and it just 
dawned on me, no matter wh- where we went, it just took a while to get there. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, you make your way through the public areas and go to your stateroom. Now, this is this is a very cool stateroom. I've only had a chance to walk in and out of one for like 10 seconds, but one of the lofts aboard the Oasis of the Seas, I mean, h- how cool is that? How was the stateroom? Oh, the stateroom was unbelievable. You know, we'll, we'll do a balcony or a junior suite, and mm-hmm. this was, you walk in, got a huge ceiling with a full view of the ocean. On uh, some of the other ships, the Crown Lofts faced the, the sports deck, but we faced right out to the ocean. Uh, they had a, lo- a TV downstairs, a TV upstairs that came down from the ceiling. There were two baths up and down. It was a very unique setting, and I wasn't sure I was going to like it at first, but it was very nice laying your bed up on the loft with the curtains open and just staring off into the ocean. It was beautiful. I know that you have sailed MSC quite a few times. You've mm-hmm. stayed in the Yacht Club a couple of times. With your staying in a loft on Oasis of the Seas, is there that ship-within-a-ship concept there? Yes. On the Oasis, the um, one of the other uh, perks was on the Deck 17 in the front of the ship, you have all of the Crown Lofts, and then... You have the concierge lounge, you have what's called Coastal Kitchen, all in the same venue. The mm-hmm. drinks and, and appetizers and breakfast is on one side, and you go to the other side where you comfortably seat. It was never full, so it's all up there with beautiful views uh, of, of the ocean. As I say, you, you walk from your room, you're, you're at the bar or the or dinner in about 60 seconds. So, nice. You know, that, that was a very uh, welcome relief. Did your room have a piano in it? No, it did not. No. Um, I think the Royal Suite... Okay, that's uh, what it was. ...has one, but this is just a regular one, and it faced it faced the side, and it was just... It was very enjoyable. It just made, made the cruise uh, even better. Now, did you eat at the Windjammer Buffet at all, or were you more doing the Coastal Kitchen and um, the other specialty restaurants? We did. We always like to go to Chops mm-hmm. for the first night. We did go to Giovanni's, and most of the time we went to the Coastal Kitchen because it was it was intimate. It was very personable. And the one thing that I still like, I know some people have different opinions on the old-fashioned dining room. I said to my wife, I want to go eat one night downstairs because I like the elegance before they changed the flow of the um, or the type of dining to dynamic dining, when you sit level three, four, and five, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's wide open, it's a beautiful uh, chandelier, and they just made my time dining on deck three, where they covered the ceiling, they took away the chandelier, uh-huh. they just had a very nice ambiance toward it, and uh, so we ate there. The food was good. It just seemed uh, there were plenty of, of of waiters. They seemed to be attentive. The food is exactly the way I had expected. It just is different the way that they've, they've changed the, the venues. What kind of meals did you eat in the Coastal Kitchen? They had Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had uh, fresh fish, steak. They'd have uh, four or five selections of food. And what I also found out is that I could get my Caesar salad every night. Uh, so I think if it was on the main menu, they could get it. They, they, cool. were, uh, they were entertaining people's requests, but it was... Um, I didn't starve. Neither did my wife. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's uh, switch gears here then and talk about entertainment aboard Oasis of the Seas because you have seven distinct neighborhoods on the ship and uh, lots going on everywhere. So what were your thoughts of the entertainment on this seven-night cruise? The ice show did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. It was great. We had gone to see Cats, the show, and we went to the Comedy Club. 
the one perk about being in a suite is that you don't have to make reservations. And on some of these larger cruise ships, you have to make reservations. And uh, early on, we missed out on a couple shows. Uh, we just couldn't get in. Being a suite guest, you show up 20 minutes before. They have a, they have a section for you. If not, they'll just give up your seat. So hmm. it was worth it from that aspect. And, and the music, live music was great. The show was great. And the, as I say, the ice skating, uh, they never disappoint with, with the talent that they that they, they 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 skate with how about uh entertainment around the ship did you notice like any cool bands playing or anything like that happening not really we went walked around and saw some uh, there might have been one or two uh, piano lounge singers mm-hmm. um the comedy club we went to which we generally just don't go to because it's just so much to do sure. uh it was it was very funny for 40 minutes or so and the language wasn't rude it was just very very funny humor Nice. Uh, let's talk about the sea days aboard the ship. Uh, earlier, you were mentioning that the elevators were a little bit slow, which could kind of mm. cause some areas of congestion. So uh, how was the areas and the general flow of the ship on your sea days, both inside and out? Well, we were fortunate that the weather was great. Half the time, you didn't even know you were you were on the open ocean. It was so calm. And as I said, we were getting reports uh, reading about the problems that the uh, anthem was having coming from, from England, so uh, it made the trip even even better. Else, that might have been my wife and I on that ship. <laughs> yeah, uh, luckily she changed her mind to this one. Uh, did you get to hang out by the pool or anything on this one? No, we we walked through. Um, what they have up up on uh, is the spa, and uh, we did the package where I could take a, a steam bath and a sauna, and they have those. Um, patio chairs that you lay on that I'm trying to think what the name of them are that, that are heated but the that really wasn't or... that crowded it was just very quiet up there mm-hmm. so we just did that and then you know stayed uh, back at the crown loft and enjoyed some peace and quiet for a change yeah yeah very nice i'm trying to think was that is it, are those called like the thermal ch- i'm just gonna say thermal chairs i have no clue what the heck they're called but oh, it's uh, yeah, the thermal suite is what they call yeah, it. yeah something like that uh very nice well what ports did you hit on the seven night sailing we went to Labadee, Falmouth, Jamaica, and Cozumel, which we've been before, the one exception, Falmouth, Jamaica. Didn't mind getting off the ship because we had plenty of sea days, and didn't really, we didn't do any excursions there. Uh, there's a nice shopping area to walk around or get a coffee. But when we walked towards the outside of the port, it went downhill pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So totally. we just walked around, you know, stayed, stayed in the shopping area. What was special in Labadee, we've been there before, we rented a cabana on the uh, Barefoot Beach. We hadn't done that before. And they have one one person that will attend to you, maybe three or four cabanas. And he wouldn't even let us bring the mats down to the water. I mean, that's personal service that they had. And wow. there again, there's always lots of places to go walk and find shade and, 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 and get food. But this is a, an area where they only hit... I think maybe they had 200 people in there, and they had maybe 15 cabanas spread out up on the hill that it just added a little bit more privacy, but just peace and quiet. What were your thoughts of Labadee as far as being a destination? I would say since they built the, you know, you don't tender anymore, they pull right in, mm-hmm. just walk on the, um, on the dock. It's, it's clean. It's comfortable. We've been there several times. We've walked even further around. It seems to be the same. And it's just, it's very pleasant. Obviously, if the, the weather helps, yeah, um, sure. there's water uh, recreation sports if you want to do that. We just uh, sat in our cabana and uh, just listened to some music and relaxed. 
Very nice. What other ports did you go to? Besides Jamaica, as I said, Cozumel, we, we went over to the, the Plaza Mia Beach, mm-hmm. which is about a 10-minute drive away, set in an umbrella maybe 10 feet from the water, and then enjoyed swim for a couple of hours and then went back to the ship. Very nice. Now, as far as uh, you make your way back to Fort Lauderdale, how was uh, disembarkation for you? Well, the other benefit, again, of being up in the Cornloft Suites is they had two departure times. I think it was 7.30 and 8.30. You go in there for breakfast, and we chose the 8.30. There was probably about 25 or 30 of us. They walk you right off the ship, and they walk you right to customs. Literally, it was about maybe five minutes we were off the ship. And the other neat thing, we always heard about this, we never tried it, was the luggage valet, mm-hmm. where you put your, your luggage out that night, and for a very small fee per bag, they will ship your bags. In our case, we flew JetBlue, mm-hmm. and they printed our tickets, they gave us the receipt, no different than if you're flying somewhere, and they give you the luggage receipt, that, that was sent to us. So when we went through customs, all we had was carry-on, and it's just one less worry Highly recommend that. Uh, I always thought luggage, it's crazy enough when you've got 4,000 people on there, but how could they figure that out? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, I, I've actually, I almost tried it once. It was like 1995, I think, or 995. Mm-hmm. It was, it's fairly cheap for just the next time you see your bag is at your destination, hoping that it gets there. Yeah, and if, yeah. Uh, if, if there is an issue, no different. If you were traveling from Fort Lauderdale back to Boston, and you check your bag in, they give you the, the, the number where they track it. So it's just amazing, you know, for just a few dollars. It's just one less thing you have to worry about when you're going through, through customs and getting off the ship. Well, uh, in closing here, do you have any first-time tips for people who may be considering sailing Oasis of the Seas? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. One was the night before we stayed at the Embassy Suites, we took an Uber ride to the cruise port. Mm-hmm. And it was $6.70. Wow. And gentlemen refused to take a tip, and it's probably half the price of a cab, and they do allow them into their cruise port. We had to show our, our passports, but I would tell people, don't be afraid to use ride share. Uh, it, instead of having 50 or 70 people getting into a bus, you and your, your significant other just get in the car, and they, they take you right there. Awesome. And the other thing would be book your excursions early. A lot of things fill up. Mm-hmm. And and also your reservations because uh, if you're you you go on a balcony on the ship the first time we went on it caught us by surprise we didn't book any reservations or or excursions and you may lose out on something at the same time on the reservations I'm sure if you have got a good travel agent but that's something that you'd want to check out if you want to book on this class of ship very nice well uh, what are your final thoughts of Oasis of the Seas. Well, I think that it's a great ship. It's, there's plenty to eat. There's plenty to do. The staff is just as friendly and attentive uh, as we're walking around the ship. And I would do it again. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. I, I want to ask you before we go here, like uh, I know like the MSC Yacht Club, NCL has the Haven. Was it an, ex- an inclusive experience as much as it was for you in the Yacht Club, staying where you stayed in the loft? The one difference that MSC does that Royal, I hear there, my wife tells me that they're going to be starting that, is the butler service. Mm-hmm. MSC takes that very seriously, and they will do anything and everything to make you happy as a guest. And I understand that that may be coming with a newer ship, but when you have a, 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 a um, your room in the restaurant, 
on the newer MSC ship, they're going to be a one-and-one. One. Now you have to walk from the Yacht Club to the back of the ship where the restaurant is. Mm-hmm. But I think other than the, the butler service that MSC offers, it's very similar. Cool. Well, we've been talking with Howard Kaufman. Him and his wife just returned from a seven-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. Howard, my friend, great talking to you again. Great. Same to you, Doug. Thank you. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your questions here on the show. If you have a question you'd like to ask, email comments at cruiseradio.net. Today's questions are all about Caribbean shore excursions. What a perfect time, too, because the weather is really, really cold. So on the line fielding your questions is Shelly from cruisingexcursions.com. Hello, Shelly. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Let's jump right to it. Our first question here says, we are needing ideas for excursions in Belize City. We bring our own snorkel gear, and typically we only book independent shore tours, not through the ship. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You've got to go to Goss Alley. It includes snorkeling and also some beach time. So it's certainly one that would tick all the boxes. It's a small island which lies about 25 minutes away from Belize itself. So it's sort of right on the edge of the Belize Barrier Reef. Mm -hmm. So excellent world-class destination to go snorkeling especially if you've sort of got your own gear as well it's obviously something that you're you know very into so definitely we'll have um, all the experience that you need over there but um it includes like a nice little scenic boat ride as well so it's a nice different kind of way to approach sort of the beach which usually you have to do by bus so it's a nice way to get there but during the journey you also go through all the mangrove islands so it's a nice way to see a little bit of a different aspect of the area. And it's where all the brown boogies, I'm not sure if I've said that right, but it's a natural habitat. And it's one of the only places that you can actually see um, the terns and the frigate birds as well. And uh, lots of bottlenose dolphins because it's the natural habitat. So definitely worth going over for a snorkeling experience on that tour because the beach is amazing too. So those waters that are turquoise are just uh, definitely one to recommend if you're going to Belize rather than going around the city. What was the, uh, what was the excursion called again? It's called Goss K Alley Snorkel and Beach. Gotcha. Okay. So 
definitely worthwhile sort of taking a look at, especially if you're not sort of a city tour type of person. Mm-hmm. It um, just gives a different aspect to the day, doesn't it? I, I will say that I've never have been snorkeling uh, like in, Aust- in the Australian waters or anything, but snorkeling around Belize City is probably some of the best in the world in my book. It's meant to be top three, isn't it, apparently? Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, moving on here, our next question says, I'm booked on Carnival Glory on April 9th, and one of the ports is Cozumel, and all of the excursions through the ship are sold out. I've never been to Cozumel, and I'm looking for something to do. Thanks in advance. Okay, so one of the most popular ones um, to do, it's quite a short tour, and it's a Safari Bus Island tour. Mm-hmm. It's one of our essential collection tours, which means that it's shared and also fully guided, so you get to experience the day with lots of other passengers as well, not necessarily maybe just from your ship, but from, from the entire um, sort of destination. So it's a nice way to sort of get to know other people, not just um, people that you've sat with next to dinner and uh, change the day a little bit. But um, you go on a safari bus, and um, get to see sort of the whole island area of Cozumel. And uh, the guide will sort of explain all about the history and the highlights of the island and um, take you to all the places of interest. So it's a nice kind of combined tour, very inexpensive, and a way just to see everything, really. Very nice. Uh, Moving on here, it says, I need your opinion. What excursion would you choose in Jamaica for a first-time cruising family that includes a 13-year-old son? Always a tricky one when it involves teenagers, I have to say. It's one that um, I kind of usually uh, start talking to the parents and find out what the kids like to do because there's nothing worse than going on holiday when your children are saying, oh, I'm bored, I don't want to go there. And uh, it makes the day quite long. But uh, one of the most popular tours for our families with um, sort of teenagers in tow is, again, a central collection tour, and it's called the Dunge River Falls. Mm -hmm. No one that I've ever met has gone to Dunge River Falls and not been blown away. Mm-hmm. It's such a popular attraction and an amazing thing to see. You know, who who doesn't see pools of crystal blue water and get amazed by it? And they can also sort of jump in, have a little swim, and there's man-made slides over there. So it's an interesting way to see the nature of the destination, but it's also quite exhilarating and fun as well, so it keeps all the kids entertained. I was at Dunn's River Falls a couple of years ago, and there was a family of like three, and the, the dad was, he was a bigger guy, so he was a, a little bit on the overweight side, and so they all go up to the falls, and of course, you have to climb the falls going up, and uh-huh. the, the dad looked at it and goes, yeah, I'll be right here waiting for you, and he sat down right in the water <laughs> and just waited for his family the whole time. It was actually quite comical. <laughs> There is an area there, though, that you can wait and just mm-hmm. sort of watch everyone. So, you know, even if you go in with the grandparents, you know, they don't necessarily have to, you know, jump right in. They yeah. can still be part of the day, so it's quite cool. Yeah, for sure. Now, we have another question about Cozumel here. She's asking, we want to see the ruins, but want to see it at our own pace. Do you have any suggestions? If any customers ever want to do something at their own pace, I would always suggest tailor-making their tour on a private basis Mm -hmm. and the reason being is that if you're on a shared tour you do need to keep up with the rest of the party and it's an itinerary that you have to sort of stick with because it is scheduled you know people need to be at a certain place at a certain time you've got a limited amount of time there so that you can fit everything into the day so I would always sort of go down the private tailor-making route because that way we're able to set the day to your own pace 
if you don't want to spend you know so long in a certain destination and move on to the next you're able to do so with your guide and mm-hmm. they'll take your lead so I would always suggest that um, people tailor make tours if they know that they want to do their own thing. And especially something like the ruins, which is, is so cool and just a ton of photograph opportunities there. But, you know, when you're going with the cruise line, it's just like you're cattle herded and you're sitting on sweaty tour buses. And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I quite like the, you know, highlight tours mm-hmm. with lots of other passengers because I really do see it as a way to sort of have a chat and speak to people from, you know, all over the world. I mm-hmm. really enjoy that. But if I knew that I wanted to spend four hours at a certain place because I want to sit down, take pictures, just breathe in the atmosphere and, you know, spend more quality time because I've sort of been researching it and very fascinated by a certain place, I would always do it privately. Our next question is, we have three kids, ages 8, 11, and 13, and are looking for ideas in Aruba. We will be arriving on Carnival Breeze. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of our tours are quite adventurous in Aruba, I do have to say. Um, You know, they vary from sort of really full-day, full-on Jeep safaris. So potentially, depending on sort of the family's um, interests or activity levels, it may not be suitable for all families. Uh, with younger children but um, we do have a really good sort of highlight tour of Aruba which from an educational point of view would be very informative quite a short tour as well so we'll keep the children's attention Um, you get to go to the aloe vera factory you get to see the rock formations you also go over the natural bridges and also the chapel as well including the lighthouse so from sort of a a perspective of they're going to learn something from the destination definitely ticks those boxes and they certainly wouldn't get bored because you kind of have 20 minutes at each place Mm -hmm. before moving on to the next so it'll keep their attention i would definitely recommend that for people with younger families very nice Uh, before we hop here i want to tell you uh because i was on carnival sunshine last month and i had a chance to do one of your tours called the jewel of dominica and it visited the gorge there, uh, T2 Gorge, I believe it was called. Uh, uh-huh. This ama- amazing waterfall, uh, Treffler, Treffler Falls. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But the coolest thing <laughs> to me was snorkeling in Champagne Bay. It was over a dormant volcano that was still bubbling. Uh-huh. And so like all these hot bubbles were coming out of it. It was just super cool like it was probably one of it actually was the highlight excursion of my trip and we did excursions in every port on my carnival sunshine tours or trip so i have to say props to that excursion oh that's so nice to hear i mean there's so many amazing places to go out and see and do different things it's just really nice that when people actually do try our excursions that they realize they are actually amazing quality and um, very enjoyable as well. So that's lovely to hear, Doug. Yeah, and I'll also say this too, uh, just because we were talking before we started recording how I was kind of, I wasn't really concerned, but you know, you're in a new port, you don't know where to go, but the directions that your company gave was like spot on. And we found our tour guide, Johnson, standing right exactly where you said. So props for that. I just have to tell you that before (laughs) we hop here. 
Well, we do work really hard actually to make sure that they're, you know, all organised worldwide, you know, 24 hours a day. So um, it's really nice to hear that all our hard work gets sort of uh, pulled off, it, you know, on the day that everyone arrives. So that's really nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to check out any of the links to the excursions we talked about, I'll link them in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. We've been talking with Shelley from cruisingexcursions.com. Shelley, thanks so much for taking the time with us and have a good day. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.